0: Welcome to the mysterious death of Edna Kennard. This is part four. Derrick Derrick sat at his massive black glass and chrome desk, cleaning under his nails with a steak knife. He straightened his purple silk tie and smoothed his immaculate black suit. He liked black. He liked to feel, hmm, gothic. He'd wanted to use his exquisitely balanced stiletto throwing knife with the ebony and silver handle to clean his nails, but that was embedded in the neck of the idiot who had dared question his decisions and was now lying on the floor in front of the desk making a gasping, bubbling sound. Oh, bugger sighed Derek I really must stop doing that that is the third one this week he peered over the desk at the body on the blood soaked carpet and picked up the phone on his desk oh Audrey be a love and call Carpet World again will you yes I've spilt something on the new carpet oh and I'll need removals again he glanced at his iPhone Three missed calls from mother. He ran his fingers nervously around the collar of his white Armani shirt. Oh, what does the old bat want now? Honestly, why can't she leave me alone to run the company? Or I would if only she retired. Oh, the trouble I went to, just so she can stay in that place where the old farts go to die. Oh, God almighty, you could smell the formaldehyde. Why she wants to retire to that place is anyone's guess. When I visited Charterfield Close for a recce, I came away with tea swilling over my gums, a bitten bum and a severely bruised ankle. I am never setting foot in that dreadful place ever again. The bite marks on my bum came from sitting on a huge set of gnashes that got well embedded after I plonked myself down without looking in the first of many comfy, if slightly whiffy, chairs for the first of many, many cups of tea, usually served in dainty porcelain cups and saucers with handles that were too small to get my fat fingers in. Oh, tar dear, I was looking for those, the manky old buzzard who owned the gassy things as said gummily, prizing them out and flicking what looked like bits of pie off and shoving them back in her gob. I'll need a tetanus jab, or at the very least, the liberal slapping on a vast amounts of an antiseptic cream. Oh, the last thing I want is my bum turning septic. I had been practically deafened by the clacking of chattering false teeth and the high-pitched whistling of hearing aid running low on battery power. Oh, Christ, if I ever hear Vera sodding Lynn singing about meeting those bluebirds up at cliff again, I will do someone a mischief. God, I hate that song. I think some of the buggers had it on an endless loop, although one of the residents seemed to be listening to Motorhead which was just weird, and how I only just avoided getting run down and maimed by lethal squads of cackling grannies on mobility scooters, I will never know. As it was, one of hell's nannies caught me a right whack on my ankle. Oh, killing the first old woman was an honest mistake anyone could have made. But I'm seriously considering bumping the lot of them off now anyway one old dear is much like another don't you think but will mother see it that way of course not oh Derek not that one you idiot don't kill her don't kill him oh there's no pleasing some people mind you that last one was not keen on dying oh she put up quite a struggle None of the buggers were easy to knock off, mind you. You'd think they'd be grateful their miserable old lives were over, but that's not the impression they gave at all. And another thing, how was I supposed to know two of them lived in the wrong part of Charterfield Close? Mother only said it was important that she lived at number 12 after I had already done two of them in. She didn't give me a reason why, probably going to Lally. I had to knock off three of them. Three! The first one with the empty oxygen cylinder and the faulty gauge, and then that miserable old Sod's mobility cart. Cutting the brakes on that had been a pleasure, I can tell you. The desk phone rang. Derek snatched it up and immediately started yelling, ''Oh, it's not my fault, Mother. I've never been good enough in your eyes, have I? Never!'' Were you ever there for my achievements, though? Hmm, my finest moments? Hmm, I'll save you answering, shall I? No, you won't. What about my cycling proficiency test, eh? I had to borrow a bike that was too small. My knees kept on hitting the handlebars. Oh, the shame of it. I can still hear the sniggers, the bastards. My 25-yard breaststroke certificate was a triumph. A triumph! i cut through the water like a salmon. I remember looking over to the watching parents when I'd finished. And you weren't there. You were never there. Oh, there was always an excuse that you couldn't come. You had to torture mad Freddy or hypnotise a cheese or something equally ludicrous. I always tried my best, but it was never good enough for you. Or you didn't even notice. Derek paused as the voice on the other end squawked at him. "'What? Who? Oh! Oh, Oh, Audrey! Oh, it's you! Oh, ignore all that. Oh, it's just just an amateur dramatic part I'm rehearsing for. Yes, 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 I, I, I was realistic, wasn't I? Oh, thank you, Audrey!' Derek put the phone down and heaved an even bigger sigh than before. Oh, she'd have to go as well. Thank you. That was the end of part four of the mysterious death of Edna Kennard. Please join me again for another. This has been Kevin Green reading for the Hot Cocoa Club. Thank you. Goodbye.